Uh, remember I was telling you before the break that uh, it's possible to uh, do good things for people and not be loving about it. Uh, us men, you all don't know about this yet because you're not married. There's a few married guys in here. But uh, we're not very, uh, you know, from a woman's point of view, we're not very romantic in, because for a woman she likes thoughtful things, you know. And so one, one time it was going to be Valentine's Day. And so the week before, I thought, I'm going to be really romantic. Can you hear me? Into Russian? Oh, that's nice. Yeah, welcome. Huh? And uh, so uh, I wanted to be r- real romantic that year. So the week before, I said to my wife, uh, Honey, it's going to be Valentine's Day next week. Why don't we go out to eat? How is that, girls? That's really, that's romantic, isn't it? And, and, and so I felt so proud of myself. And But my wife said, watch this. She said, let's don't. Let's just exchange cards. And I felt like I'd been slapped in the face. And I'll tell you why. I don't know if you guys are like me, but I was very shy uh, when I was in high school about asking girls out. And uh, I asked a girl out, uh, the, like the first uh, thing at the academy, I went to Ohio, Mount Vernon Academy, and she turned me down. And it hurt me so bad that I think it was six or eight months before I could get up the courage to ask somebody else out. See, so I was very uh, brittle about that. So when I, when I asked my wife to go to that restaurant, I was so proud of myself, but when she said, no, man, it, I got flashbacks. I, it reminded me of when I was being turned down when I was in the academy. So, so it made me, I wanted revenge. Now, when I get mad, I don't cuss or scream or, 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 or throw stuff. I just keep smiling and everything. You know what I mean? But you can't. But in my stomach, man, I said, I'm thinking to myself, woman, you can't do this to me. <laughs> uh, you know, I've got to get even with you. And uh, I'll tell you what I'm going to do next week. You say you want to exchange cards. I'll do one better. I won't get you anything. And you'll ask why. And then I'll tell you. You know what I mean? Isn't it crazy the things that we get? I mean, it's really crazy, see. And uh, so uh, I felt good about that. And (laughs) so I... uh, but, you know, there was a few days, and so as the days were passing, I, be, I was thinking about it, because remember, I want to get even with her, see? And I thought, I know what I'm going to do. She's going to get me a card, and uh, I'll get her some flowers. I want to show her up, make her cheap looking. You know, now this is crazy, but I, I was mad, but I, you couldn't tell her. <laughs> you know, and uh, so uh, I liked that one better. So it, it, uh, Valentine's Day came, and uh, where she worked at one office, I worked at the other. And uh, so I stopped at the, at the uh, supermarket, you know, because they have flower things in them. You know that. And uh, so I bought some, just, I didn't, you know, it wasn't really spectacular. It was the minimum, you know, just to make her look bad. And so it would be something she'd set on her desk. And... Uh, so I walked in and I said to the receptionist, 
would you take these up to Betty? And the receptionist smiled at me and she probably thought, oh, I wish my husband was like you. <laughs> and, but she, she really wouldn't have. She didn't know what I was up to. And uh, so um, she, said, she said, Betty's not in her office. Uh, she's across the street at the conference office. That's where I worked. And I thought, I didn't see her over there. And uh, now watch this. I went back to my office and on my desk was a package and a love note. And I didn't get one package and one love note. Uh, I got three that day from Betty. And the only, <laughs> the only reason I tell you that story is, is because just think of what an idiot I would have been to do nothing. Uh, but, but, but the reason I started telling you that was because we can do the right thing for the wrong reason. And, 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 and obviously, uh, the purpose of the uh, Spirit-filled life of the fruit of the Spirit is to get it right on the inside. You know what I've done in my house, and, and we're going to get through this, and, and, and I hope you'll think about it. And that is, I've printed out a card that has the fruit of the Spirit on it, and I stuck it to the refrigerator. You know, you all don't know about this, but grandpas and grandmas, they stick stuff from the grandchildren on the refrigerator with mag magnets. And so I want to challenge you, wherever you're at, you're at school or whatever you're at, print out the fruit of the Spirit. Don't, you don't make it like a billboard, but just make it something that reminds us of that's what we're praying that Jesus will do in our lives. Isn't that right? The Holy Spirit is not speaking in tongues or all the rest. It's, it, it's a change from the inside out. And there's so many of us that think, well, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll prove that I'm like Jesus out. But you don't have to be born again to do that. Anybody can do that. But we want a created me a what? A clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. And, 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 and I believe, and you may disagree with me, that the renewal of the Spirit is not something you do once in your life. It's something we do every day. And I heard somebody say one time, you know, there's certain things you can pay people to do for you. In other words, your car breaks down, you can pay the guy to fix it. And, or whatever it is, you can pay him to fix it. But there's two things you can't pay people for. One is to breathe for you and the others to eat for you. And in the same way, we can't pray uh, that, or, or I should say, we can't hire someone uh, to, to be our spiritual whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's something that we have ourselves. By the way, I was thinking this morning too about, about uh, when we ask Jesus in, into our hearts. Do you know having Jesus in our heart is not our initiative? You know what I'm talking when I say that? Uh, what's the scripture says? Behold, I what? I knock. In other words, this whole thing we've got in our head to come to Jesus is his suggestion, not ours. He's, in other words, we answer that call. And, and everybody has it. Remember we were talking about the Hindus and the Muslims and all these people. Now, you may not agree with me. But 
There'll be those in heaven who never heard of Jesus. Watch this work. Because what does it say? There'll be those who said what? What's this about? What's that mean? But what is, how does Jesus answer that? Inasmuch as you what? I was hungry and you fed me. I was in prison and you visited me. And so I thought to myself that the Ten Commandments are divided into two sections. The first four are about who? About God and the last six are about what? Each other, see. And I thought to myself, there may be people in heaven who've never heard the name of God. But they responded to the call of God in their hearts. Uh, and they responded in their hearts. And they, in other words, we could say they did the last six commandments. They let Jesus do the last six commandments in their lives. By the way, uh, for those of you who just come, we were talking about the first fruit of the Spirit is love. And, and I didn't finish before we start joy. And that is, it's easy to love those who love you. You know, you can say to your, you can say to your wife, I love you, sweetheart. Yeah, I love you too. But what do you say to the person that hates you? And what did Jesus say? Love your what? Your enemies. Because he said, uh, to love people who love you is nothing. You know, you could say even the bad guys. <laughs> the bad guys do that. By the way, who are usually our, who are usually our enemies? You, could, you know, uh, you say, pray for your enemies. And you'd say, I pray for Osama bin Laden every day. You know, and I'm praying for, you know. <laughs> you know who our enemies usually are? Somebody at home. Isn't that right? No, come on now. Be honest with me. It's somebody in the circle. And by the way, think about it. They say that this uh, uh, planet has six billion people on it. Not in your life. Huh? Your life and mine more likely has 16. Uh, our world is this big. Uh, it's usually family. Isn't that right? And, uh, and, this, and you'll hear me mention this. From time to time, because I feel that we manifest our commitment to Jesus in our homes. And have you noticed there's another thing? Remember I talked about self-esteem in the last run, love yourself. See, there's another, I don't know if I'm getting ahead of myself or not. But I'll, 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 I'll do it again. And if I repeat myself, don't think that, that I don't know the difference. Because you know why I would repeat myself? Because being a minister like I am, people will go to church on the Sabbath and they'll hear you preach. And they'll go home and they'll say, man, you should have been in church today with me. It was the best sermon I ever heard in all my life. It was life changing. I'll never be the same. And your friend says, what was it about? I don't remember. Now, you're not going to do that with me. I mean, I, I, I'd rather be in Florida down there under a palm tree today than sitting here in a snowbank. And so if you're just going to come here and forget everything I said, it'll be a waste of time for both of us. So really, let's do this. Uh, as we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, pick it up. Pick it up. We made our commitment to Jesus Christ, but let's carry it on.
Because the pressures that are against us are incredible. If we, if we let the culture drive us, we're going to lose our salvation. And that's why we've got to be really serious. We've got to be connected all the time. And, 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 and here's the promise. You see, this is another thing that, 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 that bothers me a little bit. Is that we kind of think, you know, uh, it, well, I, now I'm going to make you really mad. Uh, have you heard this thing? Uh, when we finish the work, have you heard that one? When we finish the work, Jesus will come. When will that be then? Never. Am I truthful now? So who's going to finish the work? Come on. Jesus is going to finish the work. I don't know how. Now we're going to work with him, aren't we? Uh, but we've got to understand that the more, most important things, we can't do it. Now, in other words, in other words, you see, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> we, when we reflect his image, you know, fully, uh, if it's left up to us, when's that going to be? Never. But yet we've got the promise. He who is in us is more powerful than he that is in the world. And he who's begun this work in us will finish it. And this is why I think that, that, that we need uh, every day to be praying. And, and, and I do this sometimes, and I'm sure you do too. I pray, God, whatever you're going to do, do it. I want that in my life. Because we don't always understand what that is, do we? It's deeper and wider. And I just pray, Lord, whatever it takes. And another thing you're going to hear me say again. The fruit of the Spirit works best in hard times. In other words, you, you see, we sometimes will pray out of two sides of our mouth. You know how you pray like that? You pray on, on one, you pray, Lord, make me patient. And then in the next sentence you say, and help everything to go my way. You know, one prayer just knocked the other out. Uh, because the only way in the world to be patient would be how? Uh, would, would be things weren't going your way. In other words, we prayed uh, uh, to have love. How would that work? Love your enemies. Uh, and, so, and, so, and so true fruit of the Spirit only works when things are going bad. That exercise. Can you see how that works? And so, and so let's not think uh, that when we have the fruit of the Spirit... As it's manifest in our life, everything's going to go good. It's more likely to go bad. Uh, but that's when it manifests itself. In fact, by the way, let me share you with this. You don't mind me doing these little warm-ups, do you? Because sometimes you can say things in a warm-up you can't say in a sermon that people get mad. But um, I've been studying the Gospels. Now, I shouldn't use the word study. You know... If I was reading the newspaper and, and I were to hand it to you and say, would you like to study the newspaper? You'd say, I'm sorry, I don't have time. But if I were to say to you, would you like to read the newspaper? You'd say, thank you. Isn't that right? It depends on how you come at it. And so, now I know we use the word study the Bible, but that's kind of heavy. But read it? Now that doesn't sound too bad. You don't have to know Greek to do that. And so I've been reading Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. And you may not be, have white hair, but it makes me cry. It makes me cry. 
when I read about Jesus and who he was uh, and all that he went through and all that he did, I just, I just pray, God, forgive us for what we did to you. For what we did to you. And another thing, and I, remember I said in the, first, in the first section, we're in the last days. The devil is after our brains. And the ones that can mess you up are the ones that will use scripture against you to twist your head. And in fact, this is going on every place, even in our church. Everybody's got a text for everything. You can find a Bible text that proves that water flows uphill. You know what I'm saying? Everybody has a Bible text to prove his point. So when a person comes to me and says, the Bible says, I want to say, what else is new? Have you heard the word context before? You know, you've got to look at every verse in its context. You've got to look at the verse before and the verse afterwards. I'm saying, help me out. The context of any verse is the rest of the Bible. Not just the one that goes before and goes after. And what I was about to say was that um, read the Gospels first. Get it, let's, let's get it in our heads and in our hearts. If we'll read the Gospels first, you can't get messed up anywhere else. Because now, don't misunderstand me. <coughs> People go out into the writings of Apostle Paul and they bury themselves. Uh, the people that give you <coughs> once saved, always saved and what they call dispensationalism where they knock away the Old Testament, all, they get it from Paul. And in fact, now this sounds uh, heretical, but the Apostle Peter said, look out for the P Apostle Paul. Some have used him to get messed up. Are you choking to death there, son? Did you see what he was doing with his turtleneck? He, the, the guy's being a turtle. He, he had it up to here, and I thought in five minutes more, he'll have his whole head down in there, and we'll have to call him out. Uh, you know, seeing him like that, uh, I live in Florida, and, and it rains so hard down there that the storm drains can't carry it. And uh, so they have these little lakes in all the communities and so just over a block from my house there's this lake when I say lake it's you know and they got a fountain going up in it and all that but they do that with all of them anyway my son came to visit me the other day and he said just at the end of the street he said come in here today I saw an alligator it doesn't bother you alligators eat you <laughs> And in that lake, there's turtles. That's what made me think of you. You look like a turtle there for a minute. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and we feed the ducks and everything, and the turtles come up and start. Uh, you were hoping I'd throw you some food there if you got your head in there. But anyway, um, anyway, read the scripture, but start with Jesus. The Old Testament people didn't have him. Right? We we have him, so let's go from the new t from from the gospels backwards, and then it makes sense. And then you go from the gospels forward, and it makes sense. So I've been telling. In fact, I want to write a book. It'll it'll be called uh, "In His Steps: The Gospel According to Jesus." You know, almost all of our doctrines, if not all of them, are are, are nestled in the in the gospels. In those Gospels, all our doctrine. And if we get that in our heads, we don't get messed up.
Isn't that all right? Isn't that all right? We're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. And uh, it's Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And I, you heard me say last night that I, that I wrote a Sabbath school lesson about that. I remember I mentioned that to you before. And it doesn't come out to 2010. I, I, I can just see me going up to get the first copy. <laughs> Uh, and, and you'll have forgotten by then. And you'll say, huh, I wonder who that was. But you'll be old by that time too yourself. Uh, and let me say this too. I'm still warming up with you. You don't mind me talking to you as if you were my children, do you? Uh, I'm really old. Really old. Uh, I'm 67. Now you look at me, you think... Uh, that I was born old. But I was your age. You know what that means? You're going to be like me someday. Or worse. Uh, but now listen to me. Being this age is like being on top of a mountain. Seriously. You can see the side you've come up. And you can see the side you've got to go down. And it's ugly. I'm telling you seriously. And you know, just the other morning I was reading Ecclesiastes. Start with 7, verse chapter 7, and read it. And it's about where we're headed. Every one of us, the mortality rate is 100%. You know, the young man in the hospital, uh, God forbid that he, something happened to him, but it wouldn't be something that's not going to happen to you anyway. Isn't that right? It's a, that's the way it is. In fact, in fact, in Ecclesiastes, it says, if you realize that, you live a better life. So if, if you people who are here today, being a lot younger, if you realize what it's going to be like, you'll live a better life. Now, I notice you might say, well, that'll drive me crazy. I'll be, I'll be uh, you know, uh, negative and oppressed and have psychological problems. No, you'll live a better life. And by the way, let me say this, too, uh, before I start the next one. I'm sharing a lot of stuff with you, and it's probably confusing you. Is it, are you are you confused? <clears throat> you know, uh, uh, young people like to have ministry. You know, in the young people's organizations and all that. And street people is a big one. You know, they'll say we're out just helping the street people. Everybody said, "Oh, that's wonderful." But you know, if you want to do some missionary work, uh, the people you want to help are the aged people. The old people. Uh, have you ever been to a convalescent home and seen the people in there? Well, that's you a few years from now. You've seen those women in there? They look like prunes. You know, they're all wrinkled. Hey, I've been in those places where you see that little prune in there. And, uh, and on the chest of drawers is a picture of a, of, a, of a pretty girl. Guess who it is? It's her. And you know, you know, I'm talking seriously to you. Uh, go to those places. If you want to do something that'll comfort somebody, go to those places and even reach out and touch those grandmas. Because they're all shriveled up in the bony and nobody touches them anymore. And so if you want to do something huh, that will be a, a blessing, that will be humanitarian, that will be a great outreach of your heart, uh, do something for the old people. Uh, their kids are not around anymore. Their wives, their husbands are dead. 
And my uh, father-in-law used to say, he used to say, I look in the mirror and I say, what's happened to me? And so I'm just telling you, if you want some missionary work, what, what can you do? Well, I'll go, I'll go to, to the moon or I'll go up to the, out to the jungles. No, go to the old folks' home. That's not very far. Are you not right? Because at the end of the day, and in fact, I believe this and you may not agree with me, but the biggest mission, mission field in the world is where? It's in this country. He said, well, I went to uh, India and we baptized a half a million. And I'm just so thrilled I'm going back. <laughs> I mean, I'm exaggerating pretty bad. But I want to tell you the hard place is here. But, and so, and so we need to get, we need to do what needs to be done here, the best, but this is the hardest place in the world. Because in these other countries, they, uh, they've got reasons to be Christians. You know, it's not only, that has to do with religious, they get to learn to read and they upgrade themselves and everything else. But, uh, but in this country, man, we're up against, it's hard. In Europe, it's harder than ever. So let's pray for our culture here. And, 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 and let's do the best we can, but let's pray Jesus will do something. I really feel that if the Lord, in fact, I, in fact, I tell him that when I pray to him, I said, Jesus, whatever you're going to do, do it. Now, he hasn't forgotten us. But we need to realize that only he can finish the work. By the way, when we get to heaven, who gets the credit? Well, you know, they had uh, uh, th- three ABN. And uh, we're going to have a 3ABN day in heaven. and uh, Mark Finley and all the rest. Now, who gets the credit? Jesus gets the credit. So that simply means this, that, that if we're going to get out of this, Jesus is going to have to take us out. Uh, and that's not only for India uh, or for South America. That's going to be in my heart and yours and your family. And you might say, now, do, do any of you live with families where somebody in the immediate family is not a Christian? It's big, isn't it? Here I got that boy. And in fact, my boy said to me a few months ago, he said, Dad, I don't need God in my life right now. And, and he was the pastor of his class in the academy. He was a trumpeter. And we'd go everywhere with us playing. I mean... Whatever happened to that boy got into drugs and everything. What is that? But I want to tell you, that's the mission field. That's the one that breaks our hearts. And, 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 and another thing, that's the hardest place to witness. You can stand on a street corner and, and preach your head off, but it's at home that's hard. Spending, uh, speaking of standing on the uh, street corner and preaching, this uh, oh, years ago over in England, they would uh, take the young ministers and they would send them out in the parks to practice preaching. And this was Hyde Park. I don't know if you ever heard of Hyde Park in England, but they sent this young minister out to practice his preaching. And the people gathered around in those days to hear him preach. And there was hecklers. You know what a heckler is. Somebody would give him a hard time. So he was preaching, and, and the heckler said, Young man, may I ask you a question? And the young man said, Yes, sir. And the, and the, preachers, and the heckler said, You say there's a God. Have you ever seen him with your eyes? And the young man had to say, no. You say there's a God. Have you ever heard him with your ears? He had to say, no. He says, you say there's a God. 
and you've never seen him, you never heard him. But what made we deduce by that? You know, and everybody clapped. <clears throat> the young man said, Sir, may I ask you a question? Have you ever seen your brain? <laughs> now, our concept of the Holy Spirit is usually about doing miracles. I was talking with a colleague of mine in the ministry and he said, I know that the big thing of the Holy Spirit is to give you a new heart, but... And then he wants to slide into miracle. But you know, now this really sounds crazy. Did you hear the good news about Lazarus? Did you hear the bad news? He died again. Are you hear where I'm coming from? Every miracle, everybody that Jesus ever healed huh, got sick and died. What's that tell you? In fact, Jesus himself said, don't fear him that can kill the body and after that he can't do anything to you. But fear the situation where you lose your soul, you lose your eternal life. But we're hung up on the outside. Uh, we've got to be healed. And, 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 and now I may be wrong because that's our big concern in our lives. But, but I think that the purpose of miracles in Jesus' life was one. Uh, and that was, that was to establish him as the son of God. Because that would be forever. But see, miracles, miracles are, 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 can backfire on you. You can say, well, if I could only do miracles. Well, what happened when Jesus did, fed the 5,000, what happened? They said, stick around, uh, you know, you, you lower the food budget. And wasn't that right? Huh? We got free food. And so this is the way it happens, by the way. If we could do miracles at will, do you think we would be bringing people closer to Jesus? I say no. And by the way, these, uh, these uh, Pentecostal healers, uh, you know, one day I, uh, when I, li I lived there in Orlando, did you ever hear Benny Hinn? And uh, I saw out there on, the, on his billboard, he said, Miracle Day or something like that. I thought, I'm going in. It was like a Thursday morning, you know, from, you know, 9.30 to 12 or something like that. I, there goes the turtle thing again. <laughs> Are you cold? I mean, it, it, a little bit cold. Is it cold in here? You'd think that a Florida person like me would be just freezing in here. But, you know, I thought about that when I came in. I thought, why don't they put the heat on? But um, anyway, if I started preaching louder, would it warm things up in here a little bit? But uh, anyway, I stopped at Benny Hinn. And, and he's into healing. And, uh, and he went through this thing, you know, the healing prayer. And, uh, and then he said, if you think you've been healed, step out into the aisle. And so, and so he, he had kind of like ushers or something that would go down the aisles as a screener to check you out. And so you'd step out in the aisle and, you know, if you could pass the screener, then you could go ahead and go down the front. And I, don't misunderstand me. One guy stepped out in the aisle and he was kind of going. They sent him back. And, uh, but anyway, if you pass the screener, you got to go down the front. And, you, and I don't know if you've seen pictures of that. You know, he'd go, and you fall backwards. Remember that? And then they catch you. 
And they say that's the Holy Spirit. See, that's the craziest thing I ever heard. To, and you fall down. I mean, is that is that the new heart? Is that convicted of sin, of righteousness, of judgment like we were talking about? I speak Spanish. And so uh, after the meeting was over, I was uh, walking across the parking lot. And there was, there was a Spanish family that he went, and they fell backwards. So I heard them talking to each other. And, and one of them said, why did you fall backwards? The other said, because you're supposed to. <laughs> so, so, so I'm just saying, don't get carried away with that stuff. Because, see, these are the Holy Spirit people. See, these are the ones that are setting the norm. Huh? La pauta. You want to know what they want to do? In other words, they set the norm for what the Holy Spirit has got to be. They've decided who has the Holy Spirit and, and, and who doesn't. And I reject that. By the way, you might wonder why, how these healers stay in business. It's what, it's what we could call the uh, placebo effect. You ever heard of placebo? Placebo, now I may have got my figures wrong, says that 30% of people who get sick get, are going to get well anyway. Now, you know, We're not talking about mortal diseases, but you know, they just get well. Nobody knows why. And uh, so that's the way these, these healers make it. You, you see, all you'd have to have is a few placebos and keep you in business. But, but they did a research on many hens. Uh, for two years, they couldn't find one organic healing. Not one. You know what organic means? No. Maybe he healed a headache. Uh, you know, or a toothache or something like that. But organic means something really big. And they couldn't find it. And the only reason I'm saying this is because uh, is because the people who say what the Holy Spirit is are wrong. And remember what I said in the first section. Uh, let's don't talk about the, the gifts of the Spirit till we talk about the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, uh, you know, uh, another thing in my notes it says, if we'll understand what the Holy Spirit really does, There'll be no confusion about righteousness by work. Because the work the Holy Spirit does, He does in the heart, and you can't pull that off. Now, I'm going to say something that's going to be terrible. You're going to all run out at one time, half of you run out, and the other half will attack me. Did you see breakfast this morning? There were, there were uh, two lines. Now, what were, they, what were the two lines, or three or four? The vegan and the non-vegan. Did you notice all the vegans are watching the non-vegan? <laughs> Somebody was there from the vegan side taking notes. And, uh, now, listen to me now, because this is serious. Watch this now. When I was in South America... La División Sudamericana. This, she comes from Honduras. La División Interamericana. But uh, they had a, a review and herald of the Last Supper. You know what they never show in those pictures of the Last Supper? The main course. What was the Passover about? A lamb, wasn't it? They ate it. Now, watch this. This sounds awful. When I saw uh, what that artist had conveyed, a lamb on the table, and realized that Jesus had, had ate lamb, my first reaction is, oh, Jesus, what have you done? 
And for a split second, I thought, I'm better than Jesus. Now watch this, because this shows you where we can get. Uh, because, and when I said to myself, I'm better than Jesus, then I realized that I have health in the wrong file. You hear where I'm coming from? I have it in the wrong file. And I think this is the challenge in health. Even in our church, health is in the wrong file. Shall we be healthy? Definitely. Should it be a, a, the gold standard of the Christian life? Not at all. One woman said to me, But he that knoweth to do right and doeth it not to him in sin. <laughs> One person said, To eat cheese is worse than eating pork. <laughs> this shows you how it gets twisted. Uh, shall we be healthy? Yes. But now listen to me, this sounds awful. And I, am I putting down healthful living? No, I'm just saying, get it out of one file and put it in another. Do you know our church was not vegan? you know where the word vegan came from? It came from the New Ages. Now, you don't believe, you, you, you weren't born then. But we never heard the word before the New Ages came along. The Adventists were ovo-lactose. And so, so, and so, now listen to me. The, the, the Hindus are vegans. Did you know that? Indians, India's vegan. Uh, the Muslims don't eat pork. Did you know that? And so all I'm telling you is that you can be the best health person in the world and not be born again. Am I right or wrong? And that's critical that we hit, get this right in our heads. Uh, in fact, there were two guys talking. And one of them was saying, but Jesus ate meat. And the other said, yes, but he didn't have the spirit of prophecy. <laughs> you see, that shows you how twisted it is. It's twisted. Now, again, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be healthy. But this thing vegan now, the vegans are now... It's the gold standard, and they see those who aren't vegans as lesser life forms. Am I right on that or not? Absolutely. Shall we be vegans? If you want. Is it the gold standard? Not at all. Why? You don't have to be born again to be one. Am I right on that or all? Now, in other words, let's just, let's just get it right. That's why... That's why a point I want us to get out of this seminar is that understanding what the fruit of the Spirit is, you can't be accused of legalism or salvation by works, which you can do both on the outside, but the fruit of the Spirit only comes from the Holy Spirit by giving us a new heart, and you can't fake that. You either have it or you don't. Are you with me on that? I just got to go through my notes here. Look how messy they are. But I like to use messy notes because when I type them new, I lose my place. And anyway, the scripture says that the, that the, that the uh, heart is deceitful above all things and what? Desperately wicked. What's the promise? A new heart, what? Will I give you and a new spirit? Uh, anyway, uh, we talked uh, about love in the next section. Oh, and I got to share this one little story. 
there, and I don't know when this happened, there were two brothers, uh, must have been back in the old days, uh, when there was two-story houses and sometimes they'd have the bedroom right above uh, maybe the porch. And the porch was kind of, had a, a roof over it, you know, and some of the older houses. And so uh, when the folks would send them up to go to bed a little earlier than they wanted to go to bed, these boys then would go out the window and there was a tree growing right by the porch and they'd go down that tree and uh, then they'd go out and play for a while and then they'd, get, then they'd go up that tree and go back to their room. Their parents didn't know about it. And uh, so then one day they, uh, they heard their daddy say uh, to his wife, Honey, I'm going to have to cut down that tree. Uh, it doesn't seem to be bearing any fruit. And the boys said, Uh-oh, if they cut that tree down, we're not going to have a way to get out of here. And so uh, that night then they took uh, apples and they just, they just, you know, hung them then from on the branches of that tree so that daddy wouldn't say it didn't bear any fruit. Well, the next day they woke up and daddy said to, to, uh, to their mother, Honey, you know, I couldn't believe it. Did you see that tree covered with apples? And his mother said, Well, what's wrong with that? He said, well, It's a pear tree. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and now, now, now what's the spiritual lesson to that? It's got one. Uh, it's got one. Uh, you know a tree by its what? By its fruit. Uh, and pear trees don't have apples on them. Uh, but there's a lot of Christian people uh, that are just, you know, putting pears uh, on apple tree. Uh, the next fruit of the Spirit is joy. I want to ask you a question. Are joy and happiness the same thing? What's the difference? One is what now? Uh huh. And, and which one is which? Yeah. In other words, we're usually happy because of, right? Well, you make me so happy you gave me a birthday present. By the way, birthday presents, you know that some people don't believe in Christmas. Have you run into those people? And uh, I suppose that if a person doesn't believe in Christmas, that, that we, we won't worry about that. Because the Apostle Paul says, let no man judge you for your Sabbaths or your holy days. If a person says, I, I don't want to do Christmas. But I think that when I hear somebody say they don't want to do Christmas, I say, do you have a birthday? Yes. Uh, do they celebrate your birthday? Yes. Did Jesus have a birthday? Yes. So what's wrong? Uh, if I want to have a day, but, but December 25 is a pagan holiday. Every day of the year is a pagan holiday someplace. Isn't that right? So, so, so. In, in other words, in other words, you see this whole idea that that that, that you know they can't, you know, you, you know, if it's pagan, well, no, it it isn't pagan for us. It might have been pagan for somebody. And and, and I've heard some people say uh, uh, it's not the, it's not so much that we have Christmas; it's the way we do it. Even Mrs. White said it's all right to have a Christmas tree. Did you know that? But she says, you know, let, let's give it an emphasis that's not, uh, what do you want for Christmas? In which Christmas tends to be what? All about me. And Mrs. White says something about, let's make Christmas something we're doing for those who really need some help. So, and so we can have, see, there's a lot of things we're doing that aren't wrong in and of themselves, but they're wrong with the flip we get to it. And so we keep doing it, just, just give it a, 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 a different flip. Uh, and it works. 
you know this idea of having joy is a hard one. And um, I've got a little thing that I have to take medicine for every day. And uh, if I didn't take the medicine, it would be a serious. Uh, do I look really serious? If I didn't take the medicine every day, my hair would get brown again. But, um, but you know, and this was really hard for me, uh, really hard. I got down on my knees and I thanked God for what I have to do. I cried as I did that. And in other words, I guess what I'm saying is that that joy doesn't mean things are going to be going good. And this is the thing I think I that's wrong. Well, if you just make your commitment to Jesus Christ, you get rich. You know, there's even an Adventist evangelist amongst us, and I could give his name. I'm trying to resist, uh, but I don't want to embarrass Leo Scriven or anything. But uh, I said it. Uh, anyway, this guy's kind of a get-rich evangelist. You've heard of this guy. And, 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 and you see, that's gross. Well, if you just, you know, if you're a good Christian, you'll get rich. Uh, most of the Christians in this world are poor as church mice. Uh, they're wondering where they're going to get their meal from today. And they love Jesus with all their heart. And we've got this crazy thing going over in this country. Well, you know, if you're just a good enough Christian or you pay tithe, you get rich. Uh, that's a deception. Because most of God's children are not that way. And so this idea that when we make a commitment to Jesus Christ, everything's going to go good. No, I'm sorry, it won't. It could get worse. Uh, in fact, isn't it, Jesus said, uh, the time could come in which your enemies are right at home. Another thing he says, blessed are men when they'll revile you and persecute you and say all manner. And so our prospects are not that as we deepen our commitment that things are going to get better, but they're going to get worse. Because Jesus himself said, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. But yet, you see, we've got this, we've got this wrong. Well, if I just get it right, it'll be all right. No, we get it right, it won't be all right. It'll be worse. So, so you know, this thing of happiness, should we be happy? Of course we should be happy. But, but we shouldn't be unhappy because we're not happy. Because there's certain things that, that you can't be happy every day. Now joy is built around what? The present or the future? It's built around, around the future. Definitely. And, um, and even then that's not easy. Because, uh, because we tend to live in the present, don't we? Now we've got to live in the present... But we've got to have a, a, a far view. My daughter, Cindy, uh, was taking driver's education. Did you ever do that before? And she came home one day and she said, Daddy, are we about When does this one stop? It's going to stop pretty soon again. Anyway, she came home from driver's school one day and she said, Daddy, today the teacher said, what you see is what you hit. Do any of you guys ever played golf before? I've only played a few times. But they say the ball's going to go where, where you're looking. So if the hole's up there and there's a, a woods out there and a lake out there, all you do is look at that woods and that's where it's going to go. Have you ever been a, a driving a car and they got those cement things down the sides, you know, where they're doing repair and there's cement on both sides? 
and you figure, I'm going to hit those. I just, you know why we figure we're going to hit them? Because we're looking at them. We go in the direction we look. Have you ever been going down the, down the turnpike or something and there's, you get a, an 18-wheeler on both sides of your, of your car and you feel like you're going to be sucked under? Man, you think, I'm going to go under that thing. And the only way to save yourself is to look down the middle. And that's the way it is in our life. We're going the way we're looking. And so though we have to be in the present, in the present, the thing that will give us joy is by looking down the thing. Uh, Looking to Him who's the author and the finisher of our faith. Now one of the problems we have is back in the old days of this church, everybody believed Jesus was coming again. Soon. My dad never thought he, he didn't think he'd go to college. He never thought he'd get married. He never thought he'd have children. And when he died, I, I think he was a great-grandpa. And Jesus hadn't come. You know, we were talking about this yesterday. What do you do about the coming of Jesus when he never shows up? How long can you preach this with a straight face? And that's where we're at. This is why in our churches we don't hear about this much anymore. When's the last time you heard a sermon on the coming of Jesus? And I think part of this was because we keep setting dates for its coming. And and see, this is the difficulty in having the joy, what we call the blessed hope. That's the difficulty. Can we have the blessed hope without setting a date? That's the problem we have. You know, people will say to me, "Uh, do you think Jesus is coming next year? And I said, I don't know, but I hope so. That's the blessed hope. You think he's coming in two years? I don't know, but I hope so. The blessed hope is how I feel about it. Did I ever tell you the story uh, that happened to me? And this may take a little while. Let's take a break because this is a good story. And that's just a trick to get you back. Uh, This is a story about the blessed hope that you're going to like. So let's take a break. It's only two minutes before quarter of anyway. Or, Or is this the last one, isn't it? Well, I better get this one first. I'm going to have to get this. Because it's after. Here, I got it. So I was asked to... Uh, are you going to walk out in two minutes? Hey, somebody grab it. This, uh, I was asked to teach the Sabbath school lesson uh, in Tacoma Park Church. And it was about the coming of Jesus. And I, uh, I thought, well, you know, what could I tell them? They already know. And I thought, well, I'm not going to tell them what they already know. I'm going to ask them how they feel about it. Because how we feel about something... And what we know about something can be two different things. So I prepared a questionnaire. The first question is, do you want Jesus to come, yes or no? Everybody said yes, even the bad guys, I think. Because I got 100%. The question, next one was, if you could set a date for his coming, when would it be? They raised their hands and said, we don't know. I said, that's not the question. The question is, if you could set a date, when would it be? Listen, most everybody put it down the line. Now, not everybody did, and there was no, no name on it, but some put today. But I knew who they were by the way they wrote. <laughs> uh, let me tell you, I asked these same questions in Tacoma Park in South America and in uh, Ouagadougou. Uh, if I were to say, meet me next week in Ouagadougou, would you know where to go? No, that's in West Africa. Everybody answered the same. How do we feel about it? Uh, to the, uh, at, at an academy in, uh, in Chile, 
Now, I I put it a little different. I didn't say if you could set a date. I put, uh, do you want Jesus to come before you get married or after? What what did I get on that one? After. After. And listen, see, this is the big problem we have. And that is, when we think about the coming of Jesus, we're going to lose something. So if I want to have any fun, I better have it now. Because in heaven, you float on a cloud and have church 24-7. Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, went to the cross and endured the pain. And we've got to realize that married or unmarried or in good times and bad, that it's the blessed hope that gives us the joy, that gets us through it. Isn't that right? And so we're going to keep talking this afternoon about the, the uh, fruit of the Spirit. We're going slow, but we're mixing in some other stuff, right? You don't mind that, do you? No, but, now, you know, I hope you remember what I'm telling you. I mean, in other words, you don't have to remember everything. But what I want to do this afternoon, you'll probably never come back. But whoever comes back, I'm going to ask you what you've heard so far. In other words, I'm going to say, what did you hear me say this morning? Now, you're not going to say everything. You'll say, well, I heard you say this, or I heard you... It'll be... You know what I mean? Because, because what I'm saying, it relates to our lives in a different way. Uh, in fact, spiritual things basically only make sense if we happen to be there. But let's pray. Heavenly Father... We're all different, different stage of our lives and family situations. And and you know, Lord, I want to pray for our mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters and for our children who don't have the commitment that we're praying they'll have. Lord, don't give up on them. Don't give up on them. Because we want to be together as families when you come. We pray for the people that are here. Lord, you know where we're at. And we want to grow in grace. Whatever you're going to do, Lord, with the, with the fruit of the Spirit, do it in our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This media was produced by Audioverse and Hope Media Ministry for GYC, Generation of Youth for Christ. If you would like to listen to more great media like this presentation, or if you would like to learn more about GYC, please visit www.gycweb.org. You can also find great witnessing media at audioverse.org and at hopevideo.com.